Hello, and welcome to the Transform Sales Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Jordan, the CEO of Drop Funnels, with me. How are you, Jordan? I'm really proud and excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Jordan, or Dordo, as he likes to be called. He's the founder of one of the fastest growing marketing platforms online called Drop Funnels. He's getting the attention from top entrepreneurs and marketers. It is the only tech-free platform to easily build your website, blogs, funnels, and courses. Wow, this just sounds so amazing. I'm excited about this. You guys know I'm a tech tool junkie. I love SaaS tools. He is passionate about innovation and disruptive advertising tools. He always brings humor and insight to everything that he does. When he isn't busy changing the landscape of online marketing, he enjoys spending time with his wife and sons fishing in the beautiful lakes of Wisconsin. So how did you start your career in Wisconsin and become a CEO of a company that sounds like it's really, really disrupting the industry, bringing all these bits and pieces together. Tell us about that journey. Boy, I I tell you, I'm the least qualified person to be the founder of a SaaS company. And it goes all the way back to my dad's a a pastor. My mom was a teacher. It's very humble beginnings. I always like to say that the silver spoon that we ate from came from goodwill. So I learned a lot about humility and about hustle and entrepreneurship just by watching them as I was growing up. But I also had, I had a good friend. It's kind of like Robert Kiyosaki's rich dad, poor dad. I had, I was the broke friend and he was the rich friend. And I got to go experience because his dad was an entrepreneur who developed some of the GPS location Mm -hmm. software for waste management, for example. And so that concept of, and I think he sold it to them and he did really exceptionally well. And so we got to go on all these fun trips and do these amazing things. And so I learned really about ethics and humanity and how to serve people at the highest level on one side of my life. And then on the other side of my life is this side of, of abundance about opportunity, about everything that can exist when you embrace the world of entrepreneurship. And so kind of what I had was, was my 21 jobs leading up. I used to be a sham wow salesman, but that taught me sales, you know, like the microphone and the carpet and the Coke and the, <laughs> the whole thing. And I ended up being the top salesperson there. And so that taught me about how to engage and entertain people while having a conversation you know, around sales. So it was a very anti-sales sales conversation there. I was a traveling magician. I used to do, you know, Broadway, off-Broadway style shows and theatrics. And, and I was a videographer. I owned a video production company and have done a lot of things in digital marketing and advertising. And, and all those things really led up to one point in time, which was, you know, just about three years ago when I was building all of my tech stack, as many people do on WordPress. WordPress is one of the most powerful infrastructures on the planet. Um, gets helps you to rank quickly and get SEO, not only ranking, but organic leads and sales, but it's very, very technical and it's very difficult to use if you're not a designer or a programmer or a coder and you update your plugins one time and your entire site falls apart, right? So then I ended up bundling on a course software and I'd add click funnels and I'd add this thing and, and duct tape it all together and hope for dear life that it doesn't fall apart. And then I realized one day it's like, man, I've got to find something that can just do all of this with none of the headache, no coding because I'm not a coder. I'm not particularly technical and some way that I can launch an idea or a new business in a weekend. So I, I launched Drop Funnels to about the first 100 users, and then we ended up going to our first 1,000 users, and then obviously scaling beyond that. But it's really been solving my own problem, which ends up solving a lot of other entrepreneurs' problems, which is just to build simplicity in your business, it gives you a lot more time to do the things you want to do while increasing the growth of your revenue at the same time. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So you're definitely a non-traditional entrepreneur slash SaaS founder. I want to go back to your early days. You mentioned you really learned empathy and understanding people 
and meeting them where they are. How those lessons in your early life really translated to help you build this company that is booming? Mm. I think we are a product of our environment in many ways. And those who we look up to, we tend to adopt their character traits in many ways. And you're probably the same. Everyone here listening can probably look back to one mentor or someone you know, who had a big impact in their life. And so, you know, for me, money has honestly, even you can be an, an entrepreneur and not be super money hungry. So for me, money's a tool. It's not really a primary motivator. I do want to make an impact in the world and I want to help a lot of people because if you can solve their problems, they'll help you solve your own problems. And so with that, I mean, everything that we do is around over service. And I think that came from being probably a pastor's kid for my whole life, really, which was like serving the community. And, you know, sometimes instead of for Christmas, instead of us having our own Christmas, we'd go to Mexico and pass out like stockings full of stuff. And so it's this very giving attitude. And it's funny, those are the Christmases I remember. And I don't remember any of the ones that I ended up getting a bunch of junk, a bunch of plastic, you know, under the tree. So that's always been kind of ingrained deeply in us. And I still kind of carry on some of those efforts behind the scenes to this day. But I think I see a lot of people who are, they might be doing well, but they're, I think, sacrificing some, I think, critical humanistic ethics and integrity in order to just get to the top of the food chain. And in certain cases, they might be doing well financially, but I just see it like a house of cards or they're just walking on, they're walking on eggshells. It's like, because just think about the headaches of people who are enrolled in the wrong thing, or you just do anything, you sacrifice your name, your authority, your ethics, your brand in order just to get ahead slightly. And for me, I just promised myself, I'm never going to do that. Even if it means potentially less revenue, I'd say I'm going to show up for everyone. So in fact, even this morning, I'll leave it at this. There is a on all of our Facebook ads, for example, people comment because I'll, I'll leave snarky comments and kind of funny things as responses. Like people say, like, how do you compare to these people? And I'll say, who's that? Right. <laughs> like, how do you compare it to whatever platform? Right. And so people come and say, like, I've never seen someone be so active. And I said, well, it's not only us being active, but it's me personally answering these things here and, and showing up in our Facebook group. And so, I mean, this isn't outside of just myself. I think the concept of borrowing ethics from your early life into your professional life is what helps you to stay in alignment. Mm, that's so good. A lot of times people think that you have to leave your personal life at home, right? Like you can't bring your experiences, all the good, the bad into the way that you lead. But what you really demonstrated is the way that you grew up, your empathy, your integrity, that helps you to be a better business owner and it shines through your business. And I can imagine, I'm just guessing that the type of people that are attracted to your product are the type of people that resonate with this, this light that you're shining, this integrity, this empathy, this I always show up for my community type of person. Yeah. And that's, it's refreshing. I think likes attract, right? So you'll always attract people who are like you in many cases. And so if people are saying, okay, hey, that's all great. It's, it's great to treat people well. I hope I do that. And we all want to have that in our businesses in general. But really what that leads to is like when you're aligned with your people and you're in the zone, your chargeback and refund rates are next to zero. We've got probably the lowest refund rate in the industry just because of how we show up and overserve and you know, really work to help people to win. But also we draw people that have the same core values, I think. Mm. So in the early days of building your company, you talked about this patchwork of this and this and that. What were some of the challenges that you experienced when you were trying to really put all of these things together and grow this thriving enterprise? 
Well, I would say if anyone sees any success of ours, you're probably not looking at the 10 failures that were behind it. And every single day is a challenge. This morning, I had a challenge. We're, we're working through some Facebook ad moving and pixels and events and things that I don't really understand. But uh, <laughs> it's like entrepreneurship is the constant willingness and acceptance to face obstacles like consistently and persistently. And it's the willingness to say, yes, I know this stuff is going to come. And when it comes, I'm going to face it and do my best to show up in that way. And if I falter through that, I know, okay, there's a skill set I don't have. There's a personality trait or an identity that I'm not yet that next time it comes along, I need to develop to be prepared for that. Right. So with that, I would say like, of course we've seen some success, but you know, we don't always get it right. And I, I think that that's an okay thing to be imperfect. And I think we can embrace that, that all of us are, and we're all still trying to figure it out and the funniest thing is when you start to meet people who are doing millions, tens of millions, maybe hundreds of millions, you're going to find that they most often don't have it together any more than you do. Mm -hmm. They just don't. Mm -hmm. They're still figuring things out. They still have failures. Mark Cuban from Shark Tank. I just saw a video from him because I waste time scrolling through Instagram reels. <laughs> and they asked him the question, are you up all time on your investments? Like, are you successful in your Shark Tank endeavors. And he's like, no, over the entire grand scheme, he's net negative. Like his biggest deal was a million dollars that was lost on a single deal. And so that's the kind of stuff where it's, you look at that and you realize, man, if someone like that, who is a billionaire by this point, still has failures late in this career, maybe I don't need to beat myself up, you know, and I can still shine and thrive through it. I love that. As an entrepreneur myself, I understand, you know, it's that self-talk that we have that sometimes we don't realize how detrimental it can be when we're like, oh, no, you did this and this happened again or that happened. And one of the phrases that I like to use often is it's OK to fail, but it's not OK to fail the same way twice, because after a failure, you should learn and you should tweak. And there may be a little change that you make in your life, but I did the same thing again. But no, you didn't. You learned that maybe I don't need to talk to this demographic or maybe I shouldn't try this thing. Or maybe I had this developer that wasn't that great. And you change a little thing and then you keep moving. But as a leader, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, I think our strength really comes from getting up every day, showing up for our team, showing up for our people, and as well as our customers, showing them that I am not perfect. I can take a lick and I keep on ticking. I love that. Yeah. It's hard to learn the balance between all of that, but I think it's critical to have the desire to do so. When you first decided to even get into business for yourself, what was that pivotal moment in your life that told you, I want to be a business owner. I want to run my own company. I'm tired of the rat mm -hmm. race. Boy, yeah, that was another failure. And sometimes it spurs the invention. What do they say? Failure is the mother of all invention or someone can correct me on what that necessity is the mother of all invention, right? So it's very much necessity. I was, I kind of started in the digital marketing space with some like kind of an affiliate marketing, high ticket affiliate marketing and whatnot. And I was helping other companies to be really successful as a contractor. I ended up growing all the way to becoming like a partner in some of these companies. And we were able to bring, I think, really cool results to the table for a lot of people. But it ended up having some industry changes and things that just happen can sink a brand sometimes. So that happened to that brand. And I was left at a, at a pivot point. It's like, man, if I'm able to create success and results for other companies as a contractor, why don't I just do this on my own? And I think before diving into your own thing full time, you've got that fear for sure. The uncertainty of what's going to happen on the other side of that fence. When I jump over, I can't really jump back or I don't want to. And you'll eventually find it. It's almost like restarting your career because your mindset totally has to shift from, hey, I'm being paid by this company to now I've got, I don't know, maybe 15 people 
that it's my job to take care of. So it's not just me. It's not just the customers. It's also the internal team at the same time. So for me, making that leap was really scary, especially because I've always been surrounded by partners or people who I can lean on. And and that's, it's like, Hey, I'm going to be the kind of lone wolf, so to speak. And I think the biggest thing that was helpful, if anyone's thinking about making that leap from working for someone else to doing your own thing, you might feel like you're alone, but that's why it's so critical to start to surround yourself with like-minded people or people who are at least one, two, five steps ahead of you. And they don't need to be partners. You just need to be around them. Just soak up their energy. What are the things that they're doing to get where they are? What are some of the pitfalls? And I always like to say that today I could probably help someone to launch a SaaS platform and avoid the 100,000 mistakes that I made to get up to this point. But it's some things you just have to learn on your own. Others you can learn by studying other people who've already done it. Mm, That's so good. Surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. That concept, I always say a lot of business owners are high functioning people. I like to say that they're excellent because they're willing to take that leap. And as somebody who's like, I'm really good at this one thing. Sometimes it's hard to ask for help. Sometimes it's hard Mm -hmm. to be like, well, I really understand sales but I might not understand finance so well. So I do need to ask someone for help there. And as a leader, whether you're within a company or you're doing your own thing in a business, it's lonely at the top. And when people say that, it is so true. It's because you feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And with that weight, it's like, if I ask for help, am I going to seem like I am less than? Are they gonna think that I'm not enough or I don't know what I'm doing? So having like-minded people, people that are smarter than you, it's okay to have people that are smarter than you and not just the person that you're following on your social media and listening to their videos. You need somebody to say, hey, Wesleyan, hey, Jordan, that might not have been a great idea. And here's why, right? Having that two-way conversation I found is so, so important. So tell us about a mentor or a person that you are still able to lean on and get great information from today. What are the characteristics of that person? Yeah, I like to hang around with people that are at least 10 times richer and wiser than me, for sure. You know, and I think it's a pretty good rule of thumb. If someone's maybe just doing slightly better than you, they'd be a peer, right? They wouldn't necessarily be a mentor and they don't really have the answers if they're not doing it yet. So it's like, hey, you can be friends and work together, but to really glean insight from someone who's been there, I think there's passive and active or direct or an indirect mentorship. So In terms of indirect, it's people you can study in books. I got all these, some of my favorite books right behind me. And I only only keep maybe 20 or so on my shelf of just the best books that I think have made the biggest impact. But direct mentorship, there's one person's name is Aaron Parkinson, who is just a, a great friend and he runs this very successful agency and has just been a friend and a mentor in terms of really, I think the biggest skill set he's helped me to learn and to harness is just like this unwavering confidence and consistency which is like, yeah, you're allowed to have bad days, but having a bad day doesn't mean you can't perform. And like, you need to choose, like, I'm going to step up, even if it's scary, or I've got this, this huge mountain of an issue or, or problem ahead of me, that I'm going to embrace it with the highest version of myself to do that. And so he's taught me a lot about that. And people might not know who he is, but he's made a big impact on me. And there's, you know, each step of the journey, there's different people who really feed into you, whether it's intentional or unintentional, just I try to glean inside, like I'm, I'm being mentored by you in a certain way, even on this, I can glean some of the things that you say and learn and grow from that too. One of the greatest strengths of a leader is to be constantly learning, right? Like to always look for opportunities to grow and to develop and even to say, hey, 
we're just chatting here now and I'm pulling things from you. That's why I love my podcast because I learned so much from people who come on here, people that are much smarter than me. You said two words that really stood out to me, confidence and consistency. So in your world today, how has being confident and consistent really helped you guys drive and grow the business? Well, I would say the antithesis of that would be when you're not confident, things start to shrink and fall apart and the team begins to waver and the vision becomes less clear. So it's not that you need to add confidence. It's that you need to really be less unconfident. That's a better way to think about it. Work on doing unconfident or scary, that scary version of yourself, the scarcity version of yourself. Do less of that and automatically you're propelling yourself in the right way. Sometimes we think, okay, the confident version of myself is so far away and like I've got to become a billionaire before I'm confident and it can feel that way. But I just say be less of the weak version. It automatically propels you to being strong. And so I think consistency is confidence in action. Because it just means if I'm doing the same things and focusing on the right things consistently over time, right? If I launch a brand new sales funnel and I launch it for three days and it's maybe not working super well and I say, ah, throw my hands up and, and kill it. It's not working. Turn off the whole thing. That's not consistency and it doesn't shine confidence or excellence. So it's like, how do I push this forward? What do I need to change? What do I need to tweak? Attaching yourself to the process instead of the result that's what confidence and consistency is like in action is demonstrating that every day you're willing to show up in the same way. And, you know, it can be hard, especially for newer entrepreneurs to start to develop that because you're still figuring out your offer, you're figuring out how you're going to market. And that stuff just develops with time, right? And you don't have to be like cocky or arrogant about it. That's not what confidence is necessarily. It's just, it's being firm and steadfast and being rooted in your belief system and letting your actions shine through that belief system. Mm. So I'm a recovering chemist. How my guests know that I talk about it all the time. And so when you start talking about process, <laughs> I get mm. really excited because when I think about what happens when we feel the world is falling apart, we change 150 things. And mm. so it is really important to only have one variable at a time. Like even my kids, when we're doing their science experiment, I was like, okay, just one variable. We can't change too many things, right? If you change temperature and heat, I mean, temperature and time and all that, then how do you know what works? And so- I love, I got to interject on that because this is such a critical, it's so critical. <laughs> like we had people come in and they said, hey, in drop phones, can you build it so that we can do like five or 10 split tests on one page at the same time? I'm like, you're, lo you're <laughs> missing the scientific method. You test one variable versus a constant. Figure out what works, then kill one and, and split test the other one. That's like the anyway. So thank you for saying that because it's I'm not going to build a feature into the software that doesn't make sense based on the scientific method. It just works. Literally, like what you said, it's the consistency. You can't just go out there and try something new, whether it's a course, a new software for five days and say it didn't work. Right. Like mm -hmm. I always ask people, well, what did you put into it? Like how mm -hmm. much impact do you have that's affecting the outcome? And so when you're thinking about iterating and changing, whether it's a marketing funnel or it's something on your team or something that you're trying to develop inside yourself as a leader, you have to be consistently driven towards the one goal. Like, and I like to say when I'm working with leaders and business owners, we're working on one thing this month. We're just working on one thing. Once we fix the one thing, we'll move to the next thing. Now that thing is done, we move to the next thing. Because what happens is we become overwhelmed. 
Right? Mm -hmm. Like everything seems to be rolling and rolling and rolling. And so literally those things, those concepts that you talked about, the confidence and consistency, and then you started talking about how it really resonates and how you see that emanating in what people are doing with a tool that you provided them. So now I want us to kind of put together the confidence, the consistency. How does that impact the outcomes when people are using your software? Mm. Well, you said something uh, a moment ago that I think if I could put that into the head and instill that into every new member that we get, things would be radically different for everyone, right? We'll see certain people come in, like for example, you could start a free trial, right? It's like, you don't have to pay a penny. I don't want to win unless you're winning with it. And people will come in and they'll click around and dabble and not really do anything what it's intended to do and then maybe quit, right? It's a, it's a small percentage, but some people do that. Versus the people who dive in actually use it for what it's intended. It's a tool, right? It's like a, a jackhammer. Like if you rent a jackhammer and bring it to your job site and set it there and just poke at it a couple times, nothing's happening, right? It's a tool ultimately, even if it's the world's best jackhammer. So you have to use the tool. And if you don't know how to use the tool, hire someone who can build the thing or operate it for you or learn the skill set. Those are the only two options, right? But if you believe that like a particular tool, for example, I like active campaign for like email marketing follow-up, right? Like it's good for advanced users, AWebers may be better for beginners and that kind of thing. But like, I believe that that particular tool can bring results, right? If it's wielded the right way, but they're not cleaning up my email list. They're not the ones fixing my sender reputation. That's not their job and it's not, but they're really great at what they do. And so I think anyone who's either building a tool or adopting a new tool, I think that's an important mindset going into it is to say, I'm going to really give this a go. And if I need help, I can reach out and get support. I can get help from other people to do it for me. Or if I can need to learn some things to make it happen, depending on where you're at in your journey. I think that that's a critical aspect of determining really what tools you use in your business. So we're a platform and a software tool, but the number one thing that we find helps us be successful and users to be successful is just using it for how it's intended to be used. You plug in the jackhammer, you hit the on button, you do this. And the concrete breaks. That's part of the process. Do this, do this, do this. And it feeds out that, right? So yeah, for us, I think I'm always trying to communicate the longevity and the investor type of mindset into like, hey, we're bringing this amount to the table, 50%. You bring 50% to the table and we're going to win. So Jordan, you're not telling me that just because I sign up for your subscription, that I'm going to have this waterfall of new sales and leads. Is, is that what I understand? I'm still working on that solution to make money rain from the sky, but <laughs> I haven't solved for that. That's my next platform. Um, but yeah, obviously, no. I mean, they're, in fact, don't sign up for anything if that's the intent. Don't sign up for mine. Don't sign up for anyone's because you're not going to win. It's not going to get you what you need. You have to have some value, something that you're going to implement to make things happen. And, uh, you know, I think that it depends on, on the business model in general, but really the more that you expect to get out of it, the more you'll get out of it. Mm -hmm. I think of any tool of like any platform, any mentorship, any coach, anyone, the more that you expect to get out of it, the more you will get out of it because mm -hmm. of that higher normalized standard of, of expectation. Mm -hmm. That's so good. So I'm going to ask you a multifaceted question and hopefully you can put all the pieces together. So one thing is I really want to be very granular on exactly what Drop Funnels does and how it can help business owners or even um, people within larger organizations that are looking for a better way to do things. And I'll put that there. And then the second question is, can you please explain to the audience why it is so important to have tech tools, SaaS tools that talk and how that really helps your business grow so you can answer any way you want or incorporate them together. 
Okay, cool. I'll, I'll tackle the first one here as succinctly as I can. So Drop Funnels is essentially an all-in-one platform that you can grow your business online, right? So it's essentially there's five primary segments. There's your primary website, so you can build a, a website that can rank online. A website is a brochure, right? People need to have an understanding of which each of these things are. A website is a brochure for your company. It's not typically intended for conversions, but it's really intended for people to go to your main domain and find out more about you. What is it that you offer? The, what I suggest to people is to build what we call an authority funnel. An authority funnel is a website. It looks like a website, but it operates like a sales funnel. So what that means is one very clear, bright, high contrast call to action button. And there's only one on the page. So you don't need big, fancy, huge menus. If you go to dropfunnels.com, you'll see maybe one or two or three links, but we don't have these 30 different pages across our site because that's where a lot of your leads will leave throughout your website is, is when there's too many things and socials and sharing and all this. It's just like a bucket with a bunch of holes in it. So to solve for that, make your website focused on conversions with one primary call to action that pushes them into a funnel. So that's segment two is building sales funnels. You can sell virtually anything with upsells, downsells, order bumps, you know, one click operations so that they can just buy throughout a sales process. And that's the power of sales funnels. Even if you're doing a call booking funnel, for example, hosting a video, maybe there's an opt-in page for them to claim some piece of value. And then they ultimately book a call with you for a high ticket product or service. There's a lot of different ways that funnels can operate. But from there, segment three is sales pipelines where when someone opts into your list, they can go into various stages. So maybe they just opted in and then they become interested prospect, a hot lead, and then closed, right? And you can automatically move them through these stages to keep your pipeline moving towards sales and optimize around that. And then the final two components are, you know, once you sell something to a lead, you can deliver that content through a digital portal, through a course. So for a lot of people, if they're thinking about this, they're like, oh yeah, there's this, it's the duct tape thing that I suffered with so long ago that I'd have WordPress here, ClickFunnels here, this other tool here, courses here, and bring it all, uh, really wanted to bring it all into one. So you can deliver all of your course content. I think that's one of the most powerful features is that the experience through courses for the customer is really incredible. And then the final component is a blog. So if people are struggling with traffic. One of the best things that you can do is blog because WordPress powers 34% of the internet. So it can load super fast and rank your content. So if your goal is to get consistent organic traffic, creating articles about what it is that you do, how things work, maybe some new knowledge about breaking down mindset constraints or any of those things, creating articles on that can help you to rank your primary brand to get backlinks, to get consistent organic traffic. And, you know, we see a lot of people, even in the first like couple weeks of them diving in, they're like, man, I'm getting all these leads, but I don't know where they're coming from. I was like, well, you'll probably want to check your Google analytics because they're probably coming directly from your organic efforts. So that's very powerful. And a large majority of our traffic comes from organic sources. So those are like the five primary components and you can do it all in one without coding or tech. But, you know, outside of drop funnels, the goal was to create something that can empower an entrepreneur to build anything that they want. So I didn't answer your second question, but remind me what it was. <laughs> and actually you did answer it okay. without answering it. And so really what you have laid out, which just makes my heart sing, is the integration of marketing, sales, and customer success. Like all in one platform. So people are able to enter into your world. And so I always think about this. Okay, what is that buyer's journey? The buyer is going to be out there somewhere on the internet looking, searching for something. So from the blog, searching for your website, they find you. Now they've landed, they're in your ecosystem and you can track them and figure out everything that they're doing when they're on your site, clicking on your emails, doing all those things. Then they buy 
And you're able to support them after the sale by saying, okay, here's a course. Here's how you get started. Here are the things that you do with us. And so for a small business owner, for an entrepreneur, even a mid-sized business, because believe me, I work with mid-sized businesses that do not have this figured out and they're all using duct tape and they're all trying to put this together, like trying to put lipstick on a pig and it doesn't work so well. And so I really love what you've created. And another thing that really excites me about this platform is the fact that it is built on WordPress, right? And so there's so many other options out there that it's like, okay, you build your website on WordPress, then you go sign up for this thing, then maybe there's a plugin and it talks, but now I'm doing my marketing automation over here and I got to build a funnel here and now customers. It's like this whole big mess of a world. And I really think that all the thought you put into this product It really goes back to what you were talking about in the beginning. It's that integrity. It's the consistency. It's doing for others as you want it to be done for you. Like this is something that you would wish you would have had many years ago when you started your business. Mm. Yeah. And you know, on, on top of that, it's, I think it's not only how I show up and how, how the tools even architected, it's about the support, as you mentioned on the journey. So in fact, I wish I could take all the credit for people being so happy with drop almost because it's mostly not me. It's how great the support team is, how well they show up and how quickly they respond. So it's kind of like this little hidden Easter egg that suddenly people are getting the support that they've always wanted in other marketing platforms or tools. And I've always heavily invested into great support people because it's like, I know when something's going wrong or I don't understand something, I want to know where can I go? Who do I talk to? And so we make sure that that's covered for everyone who's with us. One of my Wesleyan wisdoms, so these little sayings is everyone in a company is a salesperson. And so that customer success person is one of the most important salespeople because yes, anybody can get you to sign up. Anybody can get you to, not anybody, but it's easy to get somebody to try something, but to retain that customer month over month, year after year for them to become a raving fan. And so again, the fact that you're like, hey, the people who are supporting our customers, they are so important to the organization. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'd agree. So as we wrap up, I want you to think about something that has impacted the way that you lead, whether personally or professionally. Mm, I think my personal and business life are extremely intertwined, even to the point where they're virtually not separate. In fact, right now I am in my home office and my three boys are upstairs banging around. So probably people have heard the stomping or the noise. I'm surprised they didn't break in. Right. And, you know, I used to really separate things out. I used to have like a separate office and this big space and like we do all these things and whatnot. And right around COVID that all kind of got shut down. So I ended up back at home and I just decided not to go back. I realized like for me, I want to keep the things that are most important to me very close to me. So that's what they represent to me is being close. And so I get to have lunch with them every day. Right after this, I'm going to go play with them out in the front yard for a while and maybe get back to work later. And so a, probably a lot of people would say, no, you need to work 16 hours a day and hustle and get that kind of stuff done. And, you know, for me, I just, I realize you can't take it with you, but I can choose to not regret the choices that I'm making now later on in life. I want to be 80 years old and realize that I've lived a good life, well-lived performed not only for them, but for myself and for other people and uh, living that life with no regrets, I think is big for me. So that's for me, that intertwining, there are some problems with that. I think with, as with anyone who, who does that, who intertwines personal life is maybe you can't be as focused. There can be distractions. They can break in during a podcast interview, you know, whatever. (laughs) But I think for me, it just serves me at the highest level to keep things close. Mm, That's good. You bring your whole self to work. I love saying 
your life is not separate from what you're doing at work. You bring your whole self to work. If you have a sick kid at home, if you have a parent that's passed away or is ailing, that affects how you work. So the Mm -hmm. earlier, the sooner you realize that bridging those worlds is okay, I think the better that we're able to lead to really lean into who we are and what we can do. Jordan, this has been an amazing conversation. I have learned so much about Drop Funnels and about you as a leader. If people want to get in contact with you, what is the one best way? Yeah, so if someone's listened all the way to this point, I'd applaud you and suggest that you listen to all of, of Wesleyan's podcasts and I'm going to go dig in deeper as well. But my personal email is jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, at dropfunnels.com. If you just need encouragement or you have a question, you can always contact me there as well. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, and your expertise. It has been a pleasure, a great pleasure to chat with you today. My pleasure. Thanks for being with me and having me on. And that was another episode of the Transform Sales Podcast. Remember, each and every day, try to do things 1% better to transform your sales. Until next time.